Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Rethink Life Church here online. We're so honored to have you today. As always, it's an honor to have you join with us. Hey, we're in part three of a series that we're calling Contagious, How to Live an Infectious Life. And I have a question for you. Have you heard the phrase or term used over the last year during this global pandemic we've been in called super spreader? You know, during the political season when rallies were being conducted and especially during uh, the sports seasons where, uh, you know, basketball and baseball and all these different sporting events, you know, were highly discouraged because they were referred to as super spreaders or people, individuals that are often referred to as super spreaders. Now, if you've never heard of that term and maybe you're thinking to yourself, what in the world are you talking about? Let me give you what Webster's Dictionary defines as a super spreader. Webster's defines it this way. An individual who is a highly contagious and capable of transmitting a communicable disease to an unusually large number of uninfected individuals. Now, in the physical realm, you know, that makes total sense. Because obviously we don't want to put ourselves in harm's way. We want to put ourselves in a vulnerable situation where we're maybe in large crowds, so to speak, where you know a lot of people are infected, especially with something known as COVID-19, because it's highly, highly contagious. So in the physical realm, it makes sense. We don't want to be a super spreader, nor do we want to be in an environment where you know a super spreader type thing could happen. But on the on the contrary. In the, in, the, in the spiritual realm, do you realize that's exactly what God has called us to be and what God has called us to do as followers of Jesus Christ? That's right. He's actually called us to be super spreaders. He wants us to be super spreaders of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so our goal as believers, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you're watching this today and you know Jesus, guess what? You're to live your life in such a way to where you are contagious. We ought to live our lives in such a way to where we are infectious. In other words, when people are around us, they are catching what we got. You know what I'm saying? So as believers in Jesus, what we want them to catch is Jesus. We want them to catch the Jesus that we know, to catch the Jesus that has changed and transformed our lives. And so today we're continuing in part three here as we've been unpacking a formula so week one, we talked about what is referred to as HP. Now, let me give you the formula, okay? So it's HP plus CP plus CC equals MI. You're thinking, I was never good at math. <laughs> Slow down, go back. Okay, here's what that means. HP means high potency. CP means close proximity. CC means clear communication, and MI means maximum impact. So therefore, that is an equation. It's a formula. And so week one, we talked about the first factor, HP. Now we gotta have 
highly, we got to live highly potent lives. It gives our lives credibility, authenticity. It gives us that potency, so to speak, because we've been called to be salt and light. Last week, my wife, Michelle, shared a powerful message on how we can build relational bridges, how we can get in close proximity, because at some point, we got to get the salt out of the shaker, okay? And it's got to be applied, and we got to get in close proximity, because what did Jesus say? If, if salt loses its savor, then it's, it's ineffective. So we got to get in close proximity with people if we're going to be infectious, if we're going to be able to share with them the hope of Jesus Christ. And so today, what I want to begin with is a question. And here's the question as we unpack the third factor in this equation, CC, meaning clear communication. And the question is this, if a friend or family member were to actually ex ask you to explain to them how they could have a personal relationship with Jesus, would you know how to lead them to faith in Christ? Now, that's a big question. I realize that. But that's a huge question in the sense that would we be prepared? Would we know how, if someone asked us, would we know how to lead someone to faith in Jesus Christ? Well, I've been a Christian for a long time, been in ministry for 30 years, and I've come to realize that those who are believers in Jesus, they want to make maximum impact. They want to have a, listen, they want to make a difference. They want to have an impact on people's lives. Most people, they want to share the good news of Jesus. The problem is, is no one's ever taught them how. Well, today I'm going to teach you how. This is one of these messages from this point moving forward. Let me just say right here out of the gate, get something to write with, get Something to write on, a yellow pad, you know, if you got one of those fancy iPads, you know, use your little stencil there. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to jot down something I'm going to give you here in a few moments. We're going to unpack something today that I think is going to be very helpful from a story that took place in Acts chapter 8 between a guy by the name of Philip and an Ethiopian eunuch. And here's what's interesting. In verse 26 and following, this is a rather lengthy passage of scripture, but we're going to unpack it and learn three things on how we can be effective when it comes to having clear communication with other people to share the good news of Jesus. So we pick up the story in verse 26 in Acts chapter 8. Now, real quick, a little context here, okay? Philip was one of the disciples of Jesus. Now, the, 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 the believers, Jesus' disciples and other followers of Christ were sharing the good news everywhere. God had opened the door in Samaria. Many, many people were giving their lives to Christ. And specifically, Philip was speaking to massive crowds of people, giving them the message of Jesus. But he was getting ready to wrap up his time. He was getting ready to go to another place. And yet God had something more in store for him. And God wanted him to use him in a different way. Rather than speaking to the masses, he wanted him to have a divine appointment with an individual who needed someone to explain to him the good news of Jesus. So we pick up the story in verse 26 in Acts chapter 8, and it says these words. Then the Lord's angel said to Philip, Now go south from Jerusalem on the desert road to Gaza. He left immediately on his assignment. Along the way, he encountered an Ethiopian who believed in God, the God of the Jews, 
who was the minister of finance for Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. He was on his way home from worshiping God in Jerusalem. And as he rode along in his chariot, he was reading from the scroll of Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, he said, go and walk alongside the chariot. So Philip ran to catch up. And as he drew closer to, he, here's what he did. He overheard the man reading from the scroll of Isaiah, the prophet. And Philip asked him, he said, sir, he said, do you understand what you're reading? And the man answered, he said, how can I possibly make sense of this without somebody explaining it to me? So he invited Philip up into his chariot to sit with him. The Ethiopian asked Philip, he said, please, can you tell me who the prophet is speaking of? Is it himself or another man? Well, Philip started with this passage, which happened to be chapter 53 there in Isaiah 53. So Philip started with this passage that he was reading and he shared with him the wonderful message of Jesus. And as they were traveling down the road, the man said, he said, look, here's a pool of water. Why don't I get baptized right now? And Philip replied, he said, if you believe with all of your heart, I'll baptize you. Well, the man answered, he said, I believe that Jesus is the son of God. And the Ethiopian stopped his chariot and they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. And when they came up, when they came up out of the water, Philip was suddenly snatched up by the Spirit of the Lord and instantly carried away to the city of Ashdod, where he reappeared preaching the gospel in that city. And the man never saw Philip again, and he returned to Ethiopia full of great joy. I love that story. And there are three things that we're going to learn today from this story when it comes to having clear communication so that we can have maximum impact on those around us. Number one is this, we have to initiate spiritual conversations. Now I know that's a little intimidating sometimes to hear that, but at the end of the day, hey, we have to start those conversations. I know for some of us we think, well, that's your job, pastor. <laughs> You're the one who's supposed to do that. And sometimes people think, well, I could never, I can never talk to a stranger, somebody that I don't know. But you know what, listen, regardless of whether it's someone you don't know or someone who you do know, if you have the opportunity to make a difference in someone's life and to share with them the good news of Jesus, listen, that's our responsibility. And we have to begin by having those spiritual conversations. And I know for a lot of us, you probably have said you know, to yourself, well, I don't even know where to start. How in the world do you start or initiate a spiritual conversation? Well, we basically can do it very similar to what Philip did. Remember, here's this, here's, this, here's this Ethiopian who's writing. He was a man of influence and power. He was basically the director of finance for the queen of Ethiopia. He was also a religious man. So he's, he's in his chariot. He's going towards Jerusalem. Now get this. He's traveling some 200 miles from his homeland there in Ethiopia, which is basically Africa, south of Egypt, 200 miles to Jerusalem where the temple was. Why was he doing that? He was going there to worship. But at the same time, he was a religious man. You see, he knew about God and he was going to worship God in his own way. He was seeking God. I believe perhaps he had a, a reverence for God. But the problem was he didn't have a relationship with God. There's a big difference between religion and relationship. 
He was going out of religious obligation and out of religious duty. But yet Philip was given the assignment by the Spirit of God to go and to help him understand the difference between religion and having a relationship. And in verse 30, in verse 30 here's what this eunuch or this Ethiopian asked Philip. He said, hey, he said, sir, he said, or excuse me, Philip asked the, the eunuch, he said, sir, he said, do you understand what you're reading? You see, the man was sitting there in his chariot and he was reading out of the scroll of Isaiah, specifically chapter 53 that talks about the coming Messiah, talks about his birth, talks about his life, his ministry, talks about his crucifixion, talks about basically his ascension and ultimately talks about his eternal glory. So all of this is in Isaiah 53 and this man is trying to figure it out and Philip, because he was in close proximity, he was walking by the chariot and overheard the man reading the passage out loud and what did Philip do? He initiated the conversation. He said, sir, he said, do you understand what it is that you're reading? And the man said, how can I possibly make sense of it unless somebody explains it to me? You see, my question to you is this. The conversations that God has called you to have with friends, with family members, maybe a coworker, you know, it could just be a divine appointment that God places in front of you, similar to what Philip had with this eunuch. The question is, do you know how to begin to start to initiate those spiritual conversations? Well, here's what I've always encouraged people to do, and this is something that I have tried to do over the years, and it's what the Apostle Paul has even told us to do, and that is to find commonality, find common ground with people. When you think about it, there's always something that we can relate to with other people. You know, it could be a hobby, a common interest that we have. It could be, you know, entertainment, sports. You know, it could be, you know, something related to our marriage or our children, or our family. It could be job related. It could even be maybe something in the form of a setback, a disappointment, a struggle, a challenge, maybe a season that somebody has gone through. So we can all relate. We can all have those common places that we share with other people. But the key is to find something that we have in common to initiate those conversations, but then take the conversations further. In other words, we have some intentionality and we're putting some purpose in our conversation. So for example, you know, if you're talking to somebody about football, you know, maybe you bring up somebody like a Drew Brees, for example. He's a, you know, NFL quarterback. He's been in the league for a long time, one of the best of all time. And yet here's a man who is active to this day in his, you know, his career. And yet at the same time, he is a devout follower of Jesus Christ. He's written a book. And it's incredible when you bring in a conversation Maybe about someone who stands out because of their faith. Maybe because of somebody who has been such a, you know, a, a, a person of integrity and character. What does it do? What does it do? It, it, it helps add credibility to the conversation. It brings people to a common interest. Maybe it's a situation where somebody's gone through a difficult season. Maybe just like my wife, Michelle, she lost her father. My father-in-law passed away as a result of the coronavirus. And she shared last week about how she had something in common with some other people that we were in conversation with. And as a result, the commonality, because that person lost their father, Michelle lost her father, and that conversation went nearly an hour because 
of something they both could share in common. And here's what I've learned. What I've learned is that you can ask some questions that helps take those questions to a deeper level. And so here's a question, for example, you can ask someone and the question might go like this. What's the one thing you've leaned on the most to get you through the season that you're currently in? You know, it's interesting when people respond to that question, they may say, well, you know what? I've just been, you know, I've been, I've been, I've been praying more. You know, I've been asking you know, some, some bigger questions that I've always wanted answers to. Or you know, I've been seeking the Bible more you know, to try to get answers out of the Bible. You'll find that people will respond when you ask those kinds of questions. Another question might be, what role has faith played in your life? Think about that. You can ask them, what role has faith played in your life recently? And you'll find a lot of people will be very transparent and honest with you. And they'll say, well, you know what? Faith has made a big difference. Or they may say, you know what? You know, probably now more than ever, I've, I've, you know, I've been seeking out spiritual things because I have a lot of spiritual questions. What that does is it allows you to know how to navigate the conversation because now you've initiated the spiritual conversations and now you can begin to guide those conversations in a way that ultimately allows them to have an even deeper level of interest in what it is that you have to share with them. And I always try to encourage people to get to a transitional question. And here's some transitional questions. For example, moving from that common place that you have with someone in that conversation, you can move to a different level of the conversation and that transition by asking, hey, on a scale of one to 10, hey, how would you rate yourself spiritually right now? And that's always an interesting question because a lot of times people will say, on a scale of one to 10, I'm about a two. But you know, you can respond to say, hey, would you like to take that two and move it from a two to a 10? Or maybe they respond by giving you an eight and say, hey, would you like to move from an eight to a 10 in your spiritual life? Nine out of 10, if not 10 out of 10, 10 times, people will tell you, absolutely, yes, I would like to know. I'd like for my life to be a 10 spiritually. Another question that you can ask people as far as a transitional uh, question is this. Hey, would you like for me to explain to you how you can know for sure that you'll spend your forever in heaven? And guess what? I've learned that a lot of people will, will respond in a positive way saying, absolutely, I'd love to know that. Which leads me to the second thing that we learned through this story with Philip in this unit. And that is, not only did he initiate a spiritual conversation, but secondly, he introduced the plan of salvation with this Ethiopian. In fact, in verse 35, it says, Philip started with this passage there in Isaiah 53, and he shared with him the wonderful message of Jesus. I love that. So we have an opportunity to literally turn a spiritual conversation into a moment where we actually share, we actually introduce someone to the plan of salvation. In other words, how they can know for sure, how they can put their faith in Jesus. So here's what I want to do. This is the part I want you to jot down. I want you to follow along. You may want to get your phone and take a screenshot of this here in just a moment. But I'm going to give you a little acronym. If you've been around me long enough, you know I love acrostics. So I love acrostics because a lot of times what they do is they serve as a framework that we can build off of. So 
What I like to do is have something that helps kind of bring a sense of, of uh, direction to the conversation. L in the word life stands for love. What this means is, is that God loves you and me. God created you and me. And why did he create us? He created us so that he could have a relationship with us. So John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world. So when I'm talking to someone, what do I do? I help them to understand that no matter who they are, no matter what they're going through, no matter what their past looks like, no matter what kind of challenges, you know, that maybe that's, that's come against them, I always try to help them understand just how much God loves them. So as I'm sharing the plan of salvation, I always want them to understand that God loves them, God has a plan, He has a purpose, and most importantly, He wants a relationship with them. But there's a problem, and the problem is this. The problem is the letter I, which stands for isolation. So isolation is caused by something known as sin. So the sin, unfortunately, in our lives that we all have, because we've all fallen short, just like Adam and Eve, the ones who brought sin into the world because they disobeyed God and they chose to live their way rather than God's way. They turned their back on God. So therefore, what does sin do? Sin separates, sin isolates. But at the same time, there's also, excuse me, there's also forgiveness that is available. And what we have to help people understand is that they don't have to live separated and isolated because of their sin. Because God loves them, He's given us an opportunity to experience forgiveness through His grace, through His mercy, which ultimately, as a result, we can have eternal life. So, how does this translate? Let me show you how this translates. So if you are in a restaurant and you are sitting down having lunch with someone, and maybe um, you, know, you are you know, at a place in your conversation where maybe that person is opening up, and through that open conversation, honest conversation that you're having, well, you can take out your pen, you can take out a napkin there in the restaurant, and by the way, I've led many people to Christ using this little illustration. I led my son Luke's baseball coach to the Lord one day at a Starbucks by drawing this out on a napkin. I led a medical doctor at a Starbucks once before um, to faith in Christ, and I used the same illustration. What I wanted him to understand is that God loves him. God has a, God has a plan and a purpose, and he wants to have a relationship with him. But what I helped him to understand is that because of sin, we have sin. God over here is holy. So God will not, God cannot accept sin into heaven. But because of sin, what, is, what does sin cause? It's, cre it's created isolation in our lives. But God didn't want us to remain in our sin and isolation. Therefore, because God loves us, he actually initiated and sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die for us. So isn't that awesome to know? In Romans 5, 8, it says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't it great to know that God still loves us even though we've messed up, even though we've dropped the ball, we've made mistakes, even though we've committed sin, guess what? God loves us. 
And not only does he love us, he wants to take us out of the guilt and the shame. He wants to take us away from the bondage of sin, which causes this isolation and disconnectedness because it creates a chasm between us and God. But what he did is he provided a way because he loves us. He took the initiative to get his one and only son. That's what Philip was trying to explain to this, this eunuch, this Ethiopian eunuch, as he was reading Isaiah 53, where he explains that Jesus was bruised for our iniquities. He was, listen, he was broken, he was beaten, he was pierced, he was nailed to a cross. So what does that mean? What that means is this. God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross. And because the Bible says he who knew no sin became sin for us. Well, guess what? Jesus made it possible for us to move from our sin and our isolation to ultimately to experience forgiveness, to experience life and to experience everything that God has for us. So Jesus literally became a bridge for us to cross over from where we were to where God desires for us to be. The problem is, is that many people, they try to make their own efforts to get to God, but there's nothing that we can ever do. There's nothing we can do that's good enough. There's, there's no way we can earn God's love or God's God's you know, forgiveness or approval, it's all because of what Jesus did on a cross for us. And so as a result of that, when I explain that God loves us, but because of sin, there's isolation or separation that creates a chasm, a disconnect between us and God. But God loves us anyway, in spite of our sinfulness, and he wants to offer forgiveness that's free. This right here costs Jesus everything. It may be free, but it's not cheap. It costs Jesus everything. But through that, he has provided eternal life. He wants to have us. He wants, he wants to help us to have life so that we can have life here in this world, but also in the world to come in a place called heaven, where we can live with greater sense of hope and purpose and have the eternal security of heaven one day. So I always ask people the question, what side are you on? Are you here? Or are you here? What I've come to realize is that people will often say, you know what, Rodney, I'm over here. I'd love to be over there, but I just don't know how. And that leads me to the third thing. And that is, when Philip was talking to this Ethiopian, what did he do? He initiated conversation. He explained the gospel, the, 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 the good news of Jesus Christ. He explained, he, he basically introduced the plan of salvation. And then the third thing he did is he invited him to receive Christ. He re Listen, he invited him to make Jesus the Lord of his life. And in verse 37, what's interesting is that the man saw water and he wanted to be baptized. And I'm sure, you know, he being a Gentile had seen perhaps you know, Jews being baptized, which was symbolic of them affiliating themselves with the message of the coming Messiah. And so what this man saw is he saw, you know, people being baptized. And so he thought for himself, well, maybe that's what I need to do. And so he saw this pool of water and he told Philip, he said, hey, there's water. Why can't I be baptized? And Philip said, I will baptize you if, if, and here's the prerequisite, if, and what was the question? If you believe with all your heart, 
He said, I'll baptize you. What did the man say? He answered and he said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So in this moment, as we are sharing with somebody, listen, the good news of Jesus. At some point, we have to ask the question, hey, would you like to make Jesus the Lord of your life? Hey, would you be willing to, to, to you know, confess the fact that, that you're here, but ultimately you want to be over here where God is? And what I always do is I introduce three initials, ABC. I always want to help people understand the importance of admitting their sin to God, just saying, God, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. So they're admitting, they're believing, that's the B. So they're believing that Jesus died, that He was crucified, that He was also raised back to life. And then C, they're confessing. They're confessing with their mouth, they're believing, in their heart. And that's what Romans 9, Romans 10 verses 9 and 10, 10 says. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So today, here's what you've learned. You've learned how to initiate a spiritual conversation. How do we do that? By finding common ground with people and then asking some questions, those transitional questions. You know, one of the things that you can do, again, is ask those questions to pique interest, to help soften hearts, and to ultimately lead them to the transition of introducing them to the plan of salvation. And then, after you introduce, the, introduce them the good news, the plan of salvation, okay, then the really the important question is, hey, is there any reason why you wouldn't want to put your faith in Jesus today? Would you like to know 100% for sure in your heart that you'll spend your forever in heaven? And if that person says, yes, I would like to know, then what do we do? We invite them. We're, we're helping them to know how to know Jesus in their own life by doing what? By helping them to admit, believe, and confess. And so today, my challenge to you is this, who's your one? Who are you going to pray and ask God to allow you to initiate a spiritual conversation with? Ask God to open doors. Ask God to help lead you to have that divine appointment, kind of like Philip did. He was at the right place at the right time with the right person who needed to hear that message. So pray and ask God and say, God, will you put someone in my path? So my question to you is, who's your one? Who are you praying for? Who are you asking God to allow you to begin having spiritual conversations with? Maybe it's inviting them to our Easter services. Maybe it's just reaching out to them. But at the end of the day, who's your one? Because listen, we may not be able to reach the whole world, but we can all reach somebody. We can all reach that one whom God has placed into our lives. I want us to bow our heads together for a word of prayer. And maybe you're watching today and you're thinking to yourself, wow, I don't even know that I've personally done this in my own life. And can I just say right now, if you are watching and you're thinking to yourself, you know, I'm kind of like that, that Ethiopian. I, I, I'm religious. I've been to church and you know, I know God, I believe, I believe in God, but I don't have a relationship with God. You know, there's a difference between religion and relationship. If you're unclear, you're uncertain, 
you, you, you would like to cross over from death to life, you would like to have that assurance that you're forever will be in heaven, then right where you are, would you be willing to pray this prayer with me? In your life, right there, in your heart, just say, Dear God, I confess to you, I admit that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And Jesus, I believe that you died for me and you rose again for me. And today I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. If you just prayed that prayer just then, listen, I want you to do me a huge favor right now. I want you to, at the top of your screen, if you're watching at our, on our website, click the button that says, I decided. Okay, if you're watching Facebook or another you know, platform, just, just type in the chat there, I decided. And that's gonna shoot you a link. I want you to fill out that communication form and it's gonna send you an exchange, a PDF, that's a, a digital booklet that I've put together called Rethinking Life Every Day. And by the way, you know what? You may be a follower of Jesus Christ and you're thinking, man, I'd like to have one of those booklets because in that booklet, I go into great detail about this. And also, there's a 30-day reading plan on how you can start reading your Bible. So I would encourage you, click that I Decided button. We'll get that to you. Hey, we want to hear from you. We can't wait until next week as we wrap up this amazing series called Contagious, How to Live an Infectious Life, as we talk specifically on how to have maximum impact. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. If you prayed that prayer with Pastor Rodney a few moments ago, we would love to know and send you a free booklet called Rethinking Life Every Day. If you're watching from our website, all you need to do is click on the I Decided button at the top page or scan the QR code on the screen and click I Decided. You can also type the words I Decided in the chat. Hey, we would love to send you this free booklet, celebrate and encourage you in your new spiritual journey. Once again, thank you for joining us today for week three of Contagious. Have an amazing week and we cannot wait to connect with you soon. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.